The Steelers are facing the ugly prospect of open revolt should they struggle versus the New York Jets at home. Welcome to the Steelers update from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. There's mutiny in once loyal black and gold loving Steelers nation. Cries for changes in the Steelers' inept offense have reached a fever pitch. The Pittsburgh public demands that coordinator Matt Canada be gone and Pitt product Kenny Pickett be plugged in as the Steelers' starting quarterback, replacing Mitch Trubisky. But it's not just disgruntled yinzers shouting their heads off high in the Acroshore Stadium stands. There are signs of mutiny within the Steelers' own ranks as well. Three games into the young season, and some players on the two lost Steelers seem to be already turning on Canada, too. Pittsburgh sports radio host Colin Dunlap points out that a significant roster of Steelers' offensive players have publicly questioned the offensive pace as dictated by Canada in his mostly dink-and-dunk offense that just can't seem to get it in gear. Those players expressing gripes include lineman Mason Cole, tight end Pat Fryermuth, receiver George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool, and even Trubitsky himself. He exposed that Canada had stripped him of the ability to audible and change plays at the line of scrimmage. Josh Roundtree, a reporter with the same Pittsburgh radio station, 93.7 The Fan, went even further. He said on the air that the player's growing unhappiness with Canada and his offense has crescendoed into the locker room sentiment that many of those Steelers players would now want the coordinator to be fired. Said Roundtree on Twitter, quote, no one has publicly come out and said that Canada should be fired, but there's a strong sense that the players are unhappy with the direction of the offense and, if polled, I believe would favor a change, unquote. Added Roundtree's 93-7, the fan colleague Andrew Filipponi, quote, The amount of finger-pointing done by Steelers players at Matt Canada and the direction of the offense is un unprecedented in the Mike Tomlin era. This is an all-out attack on Canada, unquote. And it's not just Matt Canada in the crosshairs. The combination of him and Mitch Trubisky has left the entire middle of the football field largely uncontested by the Steelers' offense. Either Canada isn't calling plays over the middle, pass plays, that is, or Trubisky isn't seeing the full field and he's missing open receivers. Most likely, it's both. During last week's abysmal loss to rival Cleveland, Deontay Johnson's mounting frustration with repeatedly running open downfield only to be ignored by Trubisky was glaringly evident. Of course, Johnson turned right around and dropped the key drive-killing third down pass that should have been an easy completion in the second half that saw the Steelers outscored 16-3. That sealed the team's 29-17 loss to the Cleveland Browns. 
instead of making sweeping changes during what is a mini-bye week between a Thursday night game and Sunday's home date with the New York Jets, Steelers coach Mike Tallman is turning a deaf ear to the growing revolt, and he's talking up the positive signs of progress he sees in that woebegone offense. He insists progress is being made week by week. Said Tomlin, quote, the last couple of games haven't unfolded the way we would have liked, but we're in a no-blink business, particularly if we believe in what it is that we do and the people that we're doing it with, unquote. With that, Tomlin signaled his hear-no-evil approach to what could become an ear-crushing cacophony at Acrea Shore Stadium, all calling for Kenny Pickett to take the field this Sunday. In short, it could get really ugly very early should Trubitsky and company struggle against the lowly Jets at home. Don't expect all those yelling yinzers to change Tomlin's mind on a QB change, however. If the coach who never suffered a losing season was, was even contemplating such a move, he likely would have made it this past week. The schedule gave him added time to prepare Pickett for the beatable Jets. Switching to Pickett now would be akin to throwing him to the Wolves. Those Wolves being Pittsburgh's upcoming schedule featuring the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. Talk about scary! Halloween comes early for these struggling Steelers. Through it all, expect Tomlin to stand steadfast. The coach, with a way with words, has been very clear on this point. No coordinator or QB changes are in store. The line on the football field has been drawn. Let all those canny, canny, canny chants rain down from the Akershore stands. Tomlin vows to tune them out, and he wants his team to do the same. Said Tomlin, quote, We're not going to blow in the wind. That's the sentiment I want to relay. Sometimes you've just got to show steely resolve and smile in the face of adversity, unquote. Hey, this is a coach who is closing ranks. He's squelching infighting, he's banning finger-pointing, and he's doubling down. Against these Jets, it just may work. The offensive progress that Tomlin has been talking about and pointing to just may manifest itself on the field on Sunday. Hey, it may even appease the Acrisure crowd. But only for the moment. As they say on Game of Thrones, winter is coming. And it's coming early this season to the one-time city of champions, now deeply divided over its poor-performing football team. The games ahead look all but unwinnable. And that makes the mutiny Mike Tomlin is facing all the worse. Let's hope he can handle it a lot better than bounty officer William Bly. Otherwise, everyone could be going down with this seemingly sinking ship. That is, the Steelers. We have much more on this great Pittsburgh mutiny right ahead in the podcast as we delve into this winnable Jets matchup, but the trouble that is very much right ahead for these Steelers. And of course, 
check out my print column first thing Thursday on Pen Live. It will be packed with plenty of memes bringing this mutiny to life. Right now, let's get right to it. Here is Mark Caboli writing for The Athletic on the Steelers' offensive ineptitude and Mike Tomlin's incalcitrance against making any changes. Caboli writes this, quote, Through three weeks, the Steelers' offense is at near or the bottom of the league in virtually every statistical category. Pittsburgh ranks second worst in yards per game and dead last by more than a minute in time of possession. Just five teams have scored fewer points per game on offense than Pittsburgh's 15.7, and just seven teams have converted a lower percentage of third downs than the Steelers' 33.3%. However, when Tomlin was asked in the immediate aftermath of Thursday's letdown to the Browns whether he would consider shaking up personnel or reassigning play-calling duties, the coach answered, quote, definitely no. During his Tuesday news conference, he largely doubled down on those comments, acknowledging the shortcomings, but also highlighting improvements in numerous instances. Quote, I think the best way to sum up my evaluation of the offense, whether it's the collective unit or the components of the unit, is that we've been better with every outing, unquote. It's reasonable to expect those improvements to continue, Tomlin added. Of course, in many ways, the only way to go was up. That said, Thursday set high watermarks in several statistical categories. The Steelers generated a season-high 308 yards of offense, which included highs in passing and rushing yards. The running game especially showed growth. Tomlin said he likes, quote, the general trajectory of the ground attack. He pinpointed players like undrafted rookie Jalen Warren, whose emergence appears to have given the Steelers a complimentary piece to workhorse running back Najee Harris. The coach also believes the offensive line is beginning to gel after neutralizing Brown's pass rush menace, Miles Garrett, and opening holes with more frequency. Quote, all areas are pointing toward improvement, and that's why we've got to keep our head down and keep working and ultimately get results in the stadium, Tomlin said. As for Trubisky, he completed 20 of 32 passes at 62.5% for 270 yards on Thursday. He also rushed for a touchdown. The first half in particular showed progress in several areas. The Steelers utilized tempo effectively took more deep shots downfield, got rookie receiver George Pickens involved in the offense, and utilized Trubisky's mobility. However, much of this good feeling went by the wayside after the second half unfolded. The offense produced just three second-half points and finished the game a dismal 1-9 and nine on third down. Tomlin said he's seen progress in, quote, all areas, as it pertains to Drabitsky, including, quote, his decision-making where he's going with the ball, the time in which he makes decisions, and the prudent use of mobility, whether it's by schematics or ad lib, unquote. While those points are all true, it will likely do little to silence the critics or those who chanted for Kenny Pickett at Acreshore Stadium during the home op- opener in Week 2. Not that Tomlin is concerned about that, quote, 
Our fans are not an issue, he said. We love our fans and the enthusiasm that they bring. We're not going to make that a negative. They care, and that's an awesome thing. It's our job to tune out the noise, to remain committed to the path we're on, to work to get better in an effort to change the outcome of these games. I expect our guys not to blink and to continue to work. I have to display that as a leader, and I intend to, unquote. Hey, all of that, that's great stuff from Mark Caboli. In other words, Mike Tomlin is saying, damn the torpedoes, it's full Trubisky ahead. Well, Mike Tomlin's hear-no-evil approach to sticking with Trubisky, Matt Canada, and the current Steelers' offensive plans are one thing. But the open revolt that very well could be on display Sunday at Acroshore Stadium could be so overwhelming, even Tomlin might not be able to tune it out. This warning of all the restlessness in the 412 area code comes from Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist Ron Cook, who writes this, quote, The noise will become deafening at Acrisore Stadium on Sunday if Trubisky gets off to a slow start with Canada's offense against the Wobegon New York Jets. The noise is pretty loud as it is. Is Tomlin smart for being so steadfast in his support of Trubisky? This would be the week to make a quarterback change if Tomlin was so inclined. The Jets are a weak opponent. The home crowd would be incredibly supportive of Pickett. The most recent time it gathered at Acrisure Stadium, it chanted, Kenny, Kenny, in the third quarter of the 17-14 loss to New England, leaving a somewhat downcast Trubisky to remark, quote, it is what it is. Starting Pickett against the Jets would make more sense than starting him next week at Buffalo or in the following games against Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia before the bye week. But Tomlin clearly doesn't believe Pickett is ready to play, even against a bad team in front of an adoring crowd. It's almost as if he believes failure will somehow damage Pickett in a really hurtful way. Unquote. Hey, some strong stuff from Ron Cook on the Pittsburgh pressure Tomlin is standing up against. Right or wrong, Coach doesn't appear to be making a QB change anytime soon. But of course, it's not just the offense plaguing this Pittsburgh team. As Cook writes, the TJ Wattless defense is currently back to its really bad run defense. Cook writes this in questioning whether these 2022 Steelers are Tomlin's worst Steelers team ever. Quote, it has become obvious the Steelers D can't win without T.J. Watt. It is 0-6 when he doesn't play. In the unlikely win at Cincinnati, in the opener with Watt, the Steelers forced five turnovers and had seven sacks. In the past two losses against New England and Cleveland without Watt, they had one turnover and two sacks. On average, the defense is giving up about five more points a game and getting two fewer sacks without T.J. Watt. For the second consecutive game, the Steelers were gashed by the opponent's running game. The Patriots ran out the final six minutes and 33 seconds of their 17-14 win at Acrisure Stadium on September 18th. The Browns' Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt combined for 160 rushing yards, 113 of them by Chubb. Quote, Nick Chubb controlled the game, Tomlin growled. 
quote, we got our ass kicked, Cam Hayward growled just as tersely. Can we agree an offense that can't hit big plays and can't score points and a defense that can't stop the run and can't get off the field is not a good combination? Hey, maybe Mike Tomlin will get things fixed. This isn't the first time his team has had a bad start or hit a rough stretch. Tomlin has never lost a team. That's his greatest strength as a coach. That's why he has not had a losing season in his first 15 years on the job. But there are a couple of reasons to think that streak will end this season. One, Ben Roethlisberger is gone. Two, the immediate schedule is brutal. The Steelers should be able to beat the Jets at home, but after that, there are games against Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and Philadelphia before the bye week. All but the Tampa Bay game are on the road. Have you watched those four teams? It's as if they play a different game than the Steelers. Hey, good luck to Tomlin keeping his team on track. I predicted an 8-9 and record before training camp. I dropped it to 7-10 and after seeing the exhibition games. Now, I'm thinking 7-10 and is a pipe dream, unquote. Whoa, strong stuff. And that's from the wired-in radio host and columnist Ron Cook. Let's hope he's wrong. Well, with that, it's enter the New York Jets at Acker Shore Stadium. So what are the Steelers up against? Here's a scouting report from Trib Live. They write, quote, Zach Wilson, the Jets' first-round draft pick in 2021, second overall, could be back from a meniscus tear and bone bruise in his knee that's kept him on the sideline and kept Joe Flacco on the field for these one and two Jets. Coach Robert Slay said it will be up to Wilson's doctors to clear him for a possible week four return versus the Steelers. In his place, Flacco has thrown for 901 yards with five touchdowns and three interceptions so far this season. And while the team does have some weapons that just rank 31st out of 32 teams in this week's ESPN power rankings of all NFL teams, and that's down from 29th just last week. New York had the league's worst defense in 2021 and hasn't improved much despite a heavy effort to improve in free agency and through the draft. They've allowed 27 points, 105 rushing yards, and 231 passing yards per game this season. But cornerback Sauce Gardner, the Jets' 2022 first-round pick, fourth overall, has made an impact during his rookie campaign with four tackles and two passes defended against the Bengals just last week. So there you have it, Steelers Nation. Your team is at home versus these still-struggling New York Jets. The outcome should be a foregone conclusion. I said should be. What actually happens, well, that's anyone's guess. Will the Steelers manifest the progress Mike Tomlin says he sees? Or will the offense continue to struggle, leading the Akershore crowd in a loud chorus of Kenny, Kenny, Kenny? Chance that will further tarnish this terrible 2022 start in Pittsburgh. Hey, who knows, but we will see and we will cover it all right here on your Steelers Update Podcast. It's out every Wednesday afternoon. Sign up wherever you get your 
favorite audio and you'll get it automatically. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news. Let's go Steelers, beat them Jets.